Hello, listeners. This is PSG Talk contributor Mark Damon with an introduction for today's Small Talk slash PSG Talk Live for Sunday, February 26th, I think, 25th, February 25th, 2018. So, this is the first ever simulcast edition of PSG Small Talk. The first about 25 minutes or so will be the first ever PSG Talk Live that I did on Twitter and Periscope, followed by about 20 more minutes with my guest Eduardo Razo as we discuss the things that we could not get to in the initial broadcast. So sit back, relax. You will join me, already about 30 seconds into PSG Talk Live, so you missed that introduction, which is why I have to do it here. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Even when we are winning a game 3 nothing, even when we're controlling the game and dominating the game in every possible way, there's always a storyline that comes out of these games. So, PSG win this game 3-0, and I thought it was really good. This was what PSG needed to do. They did, they controlled the ball for the most part. I didn't think OM really got much of a shot at all. I don't remember them, except once PSG went down to 10 men, I don't remember Olympic Marseille really getting a lot of shots on goal. So they were solid defensively. Last was very good. And for about 75 minutes, 78 minutes in that game, it was going about the way you'd want the game to go until Neymar rolls his ankle. And that's what's going to be the story coming out of this, which is that Neymar rolled his ankle, and he has now 10 days to get ready for Real Madrid. And that's a tough ask, because if you've seen any um, pro athlete who rolls their ankle, first of all, I'm not expecting it to be any sort of ligament damage or any sort of structural damage. It was really low in the ankles. It looked like he rolled it about at the base of the ankle. So a very painful injury. (laughs) I mean, you roll your ankle, it's an incredibly painful thing to experience. But it's not devastating in as long as the structural Um, the ligaments and the bone and the structure around the ankle is okay, he's going to have a shot to at least give it a go. And I think he'll give it a go because after this Real Madrid game, if PSG don't win it, there's not many big games that Neymar is going to really need to be able to play in. I mean, there'll be some cup games and there'll be some, some games like that. And he'll probably be back for those. I think he'd be back for the Coupe de la Ligue on March 31st. So this isn't a long-term injury. It's just a badly timed one. And I want to kind of head off early what I think is maybe one of the talking points that's going to happen, which is the chippiness, let's call it chippiness, of Olympique de Marseille. I thought they were incredibly chippy. I don't think it contributed to this specific injury, but the entire game, it seemed like their goal was to just be physical. And it didn't really seem to have an end game to it at all because at no point did they seem like a threat. 
And part of that was because of how well I think PSG were set up defensively in this game. I thought Laven Kozawa played one of his better games. I, I would say this is probably the best game he's played all year. So, I mean, there's a positive. I mean, if they're going to have to play a little more defensive without Neymar in the lineup against Real Madrid, it's at least a... Um, it's at least a welcome sight to see Levin Kozawa playing well enough. And PSG were excellent on that left side in the first half. Neymar, Rabio, Kozawa, they were all linking up really well. And it looked like PSG, from the beginning of this game, took it seriously. Obviously, they were going to take it seriously. But you saw that they were locked in early. And they didn't keep that intensity the entire game, but I thought they played it in a way, they played this game in a way where they they got what they needed out of it early and they took the fight out of Marseille. And I think that's kind of what contributed to every player on the Marseille side wanting to take a hack at somebody. And I think probably pretty much five to six of their players got yellow cards. I don't know how... They stayed with 11 men that whole game. I think part of the reason was because, again, once you put Marseille down to 10 men, the match is over. And I think for these officials, I think part of their thought process is that they don't want to have PSG just roll over Marseille. And if Marseille went down to 10 men, they were going to roll over them. So... It takes the fun out of the game. And I think that in that situation, I think the referees decided that they were going to try and keep Marseille in the game. And that's human nature for a lot of officials. And you see it all the time, especially in, in football. And especially in the French League, when I think the officials can be a little more um, personal. They want to kind of control the game in the way they see it. But... Off the officials, because it's boring, no one wants to hear about that. The issue again, and we're going to go back to it, the issue's going to be nine days away, PSG have to either A, hope that Neymar can play, or B, and I think this is what they'll do, because this is what smart teams do, they will devise their strategy without Neymar, assuming that he's not going to play, and then being able to adjust that if somehow he manages to play for a half or for 60 minutes or for somehow he plays the whole game, which I doubt he would be able to do, but you'd have to, you'd have to see about that. It's not necessarily cut and dry. So just again, reminding you that this is the first ever PSG talk live. We are coming to you live after the game which means that it's not necessarily going to be great the first couple of times we do this, but we appreciate the dozen of you that are on right now as we sort of get this thing off the ground. Again, it's going to be hard to, it's going to be difficult at the start because we have to figure out exactly how the formatting is going to go and exactly what we're going to do. But I'm glad for those of you who are joining us, because I think we're going to make this a little bit bigger. And now one of the issues I'm noticing is that I can't quite see comments. So on the next uh, show that we do, 
I am going to see if I can enable the comments so that I can actually see if anyone's saying uh, anything towards me. So for now, you're going to just kind of get the small talk show as it would be presented either way. Just going back to the game really quickly. This was an interesting um, test, and I thought the fans were up for it, and I think the fans knew that this was an interesting test. And I thought PSG passed it. Marseille weren't particularly good. And let's be, you know, let's be fair. Marseille were not very good. But PSG needed to still take care of business, and this is one of those games that was a take-care-of-business game. You're at home against your rival in a game that matters. This game matters. And for those of you who are new to PSG, who have been recently watching them, this is the type of atmosphere that Paris Saint-Germain, their fans, the players, this is the type of game you can get. And this is the type of effort you can get. And at home, PSG are very hard to beat, which is why I'm encouraged going into Real Madrid, even if we don't have Neymar. Not that we're going to win the game or that we're going to qualify, but that the effort's going to be there and the intensity is going to be there and the and they're going to have their chances. And this is an atmosphere that really benefited PSG today. And I think they fed off the energy early. Kylian Mbappe looked about as good as he's looked recently, and that's a good sign too, because if PSG are going to beat Real Madrid without Neymar, Kylian Mbappe is going to have to get a goal or two. He's going to have to be the star. And that's a lot of pressure to put on a young 19-year-old um, player, no matter how good he is. It's a tough, um, it's a tough situation to put him in. So as we reach the 10 minute mark, I'm going to bring on Eduardo Razo, PSG talk contributor. He is going to break up the monotony of me talking and hopefully you can hear him. Eddie, what's going on, man? Uh, not much. Uh, I hope uh, you can hear me well. Yeah, I can I can hear you pretty well. What's up? Uh, not much. Uh, let's just get started discussing the, I'd say, chippy, as you said, matchup between Marseille and PSG. Chippy. Chippy's a good word to describe it. It's a nice word to describe it. Um, let's start with Neymar's injury. You saw it. Rolled ankle, you think? Yeah, yeah. Typical rolled ankle that we all have experienced at least at least one time playing sports. Painful. So, I mean, I, I, yeah, it's painful. I, I, I agree. It's, I don't think it's any kind of ligament damage. It's just your typical raw ankle, uh, but still painful nonetheless. Yeah, and I, I think people uh, put too much into Neymar being in tears. I think that that type of pain when you roll your ankle like that, your body doesn't respond to the severity of the injury. So what I mean is I've seen guys tear their ACLs and not really react in pain at all. And some t and that's an, an injury that honestly is less painful to have in the initial moment than a, than a uh, rolled ankle. So I wouldn't read too much into his reaction Let's see what the medical reports say, and let's see. Um, we may know tonight. We may know next week. We may know tomorrow. 
But if Neymar's out, and let's assume he's out for the sake of this argument, what is PSG's course of action? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, they're going to have to either they're going to have to put Draxler in on the left, which would be you know on the left wing, which would be Neymar's position if he's out, or either they're going to have to ask Di Maria or Mbappe to play on the left side, um, which isn't their normal comfortable position. So they're going to have to do some kind of experimenting and see, you know, if, if he's out, they're going to have to experiment on different uh, lineups uh, for the Real game. So it's, I mean, I would lean towards maybe starting Draxler on the left. I, I really wouldn't want to put uh, Mbappe or Di Marit on on positions where they're normally not comfortable with. So, I mean, I'm hoping this is just a precaution that Neymar is able to, you know, heal up in these next 10 days. But that's probably two options that they could be looking towards uh, if Neymar can't go. Yeah, and right now, just first blush, I would put Draxler in the left wing because he's played there. You don't have to move Cavani or Mbappe. You can keep them there in their normal positions. You don't have to worry about Di Maria going to the left. And I mean, I think people will say put Di Maria there, but I like the idea of bringing Di Maria off the bench. I don't I don't think that starting Di Maria and then moving Mbappe to the left is a good idea. I don't think having Di Maria with his left foot playing on the left side is a good idea. And I don't think you want to change your formation in some sort of way to accommodate him. I would just put Draxler on the left, have Cavani in the middle, Mbappe on the right, and everything else stays the same. And yes, you lose a lot, obviously. It's a stupid comment to, you know, it's an obvious thing to say. But Draxler's not a bad player. I think he's been disappointing this year because I just don't think he's had the time. But Julian Draxler is a damn good replacement. Like, I mean, I don't know of any club that could throw a guy into that spot who could be as effective as Draxler would be. No, it's a a good uh, problem. It's a good depth to have. I mean, I guess you can... can, uh related to how uh, Real last year could throw in, you know, Alvaro Morata and Carlos Rodriguez, you know, off the bench. So, you know, it's a, it's a good, uh, I guess, plan B to have. Not, not not a lot of clubs can lose a world-class player and put in, you know, a darn good player like Draxler, who showed it over the summer and, you know, with Germany to, you know, try to not replace, but at least limit how much uh, PSG will miss Neymar if he can't go. Oh, yeah, and they'll and they'll obviously play a little bit more defensive than they would have if, um, if Neymar were playing. But they could replicate what they did against Barcelona last year in the first leg. There's no reason why they couldn't. It'll be a different style, but they'll basically have to play defensively sound and nick a couple goals off the counter which is not that far away from what their game plan would have been anyway, except you lose, obviously, one of the best players in the world. 
which again, <laughs> you know, it hurts your chances. Your chances go from, let's say our chances were 35% to turn this around. Our chances are down to 25. They're not down to zero. They're not that much further down, but obviously you're going in the wrong direction. Um, what Besides all that, what did you think of the performance today from PSG? I thought it was what they needed until the injury happened. Yeah, yeah. I, I, they, 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 I think everybody played a... I don't think there was really a bad uh, game from the starters. I mean, everybody played sound. Um, everybody had their moments where, you know, you know they... They made nice plays, or they made you know plays that caught your attention in a, in a good way. As you pointed out, Kurzawa, you know, showed that he can play mistake free. And I mean, sure, he had uh, his little, I guess, blunder with uh, 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 there. I think in the second, um, there was a cross was there that wasn't particularly yeah. good, but um, yeah. I, I, yeah. But I, so I, I yeah, and, and I think though with him. I thought for the first 30 minutes when he was really turned on, you could tell and you could tell when his brain was turned on in those first 35, 40 minutes when I thought he was excellent. But when PSG started getting the lead and the game got a little more lax, you could tell he lost a little bit of that focus. And he needs 100% focus 100% of the time. If he turns his brain off for a second, you... Yeah. He messes it up. And you saw a play, I think it was in the first half, where he went for the ball against Tovan, missed, and Tovan went by him. And it created a, it created a shot attempt, I think, for Payet at the top of the, of the 18. But again, yeah. it's those little mistakes that he doesn't have to make those little mistakes. He can make... Um, he can he can take those things out of his game. And if he starts taking those things out of his game, I think he'll be far better off than he is now. He'll be a more complete player. Somehow we've jumped up to 27. I mean, we were sitting at 12 there for a little bit, Eddie, but apparently either somebody just retweeted this or however we got more. But thank you for joining us. This is the first ever PSG Talk Live. We are coming to you from lovely um, New York, lovely suburban New York. This is my office slash bedroom. On the line with me is PSG Talk contributor Eduardo Razo. Now, earlier in this show, we talked a lot about the Neymar injury and the adjustment that PSG will have to make in case he cannot go. Now, as a quick little recap, I think we both sort of agreed that Julian Draxler would be the obvious replacement. I'd like you, Eddie, to explain to the people why you thought that. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, because that's his, uh, that, you don't have to switch uh, pretty much the lineup up. Drexler plays normally on the left side. He's more comfortable on the left side. And I know some will say, oh, why don't you put Di Maria because he's played well. He, this 2018, he's played really, really well. And so, and, you know, a lot of the people were saying, uh, why why wasn't he in for the for the Madrid game? And so it would be for some, uh, it would be a no brainer to put him in. But again, you're asking either Mbappe or, or Di Maria to play out of position. Um, so uh, just to keep the status quo and keep everybody comfortable in the position, Draxford would be the first 
choice to replace Neymar if he can't go in 10 days. Yeah, and I agreed with you on that. And, it, and again, it just it looked like a decently bad ankle roll, which, again, will happen. I mean, I mean, we could sit here and say that OM played dirty, and I think they did. And, you know, just as an aside, I don't think a club like OM, who are aspiring to be what they once were, which was a big club, which they are no longer in that sense... They're a big club in name, the same way Arsenal are a big club in name. But if you're gonna if you're gonna go out and try to you know, I obviously I don't expect them to go uh tit for tat with PSG at home. It's probably not gonna happen. But I think they needed to show a little more dignity than to just go to the, we are just going to take hacks at people. And I am not saying that that's the reason Neymar got hurt. It was a completely sort of innocuous play that you'll get all the time. But I didn't think OM um, covered themselves in a lot of glory today, Ed. Yeah, no. Uh, I from, from what I saw, maybe you might disagree. Uh, PSG is obviously more skilled. You know, they have, I guess you can say... Mm, at least three, maybe two world-class players, I guess. Um, but when it comes to skill, they can't. They they're not going to be PSG. They're not going to go, you know, toe to toe with them skill-wise. So my thinking is the way they're thinking is they're going to play the physical game and try to knock them off. You know, maybe they'll take a quote-unquote dirty dirty foul or two just to knock off PS. You know, take them off their game and then try to try to. You know, win that win that way, uh, but obviously it didn't work. And I mean, probably we'll discuss the the rush in this game, but that's that's my way of thinking. They can't go toe to toe with them, toe to toe with them skill wise. So they try to play the physical game to knock them off their game. Yeah, and I thought in the last classic, um, OM played a physical game, but I thought they they walked the line better. And you can be physical and not be hitting people off of the ball and just basically saying, well, we're not going to win. You know, there's that old saying, we can't, you know, we can't win the game, so we might as well win the fight. And you felt like at a point OM made the decision, well, we're not going to beat them, so let's just rough them up a little bit. And refereeing-wise, it wasn't good refereeing, but when a game gets like that, it's very hard to officiate because the players just sort of take the game over and they do what they want. And either you're going to toss a bunch of people out or you're not. So I thought for Benoit Bastian, you know, he wasn't great, but I didn't think there would be many officials that would be good in that situation. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. Uh, There's, I guess, so much little he could do, but... uh, I, I think towards the end of the game, they, the players just lost respect. Um, I think the red card, not the red card, the yellow card that was given to Alves, that kind of painted a picture of what the game was about. Uh, I, I just feel like they, 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 he had no respect from OM, and I guess OM just, they didn't uh, walk the line. They walked the line with some plays, but they obviously uh, crossed it, uh, but weren't... Uh, punished for it yeah and it was it 
but again, PSG got what they wanted out of this game, except for the injury. They got the three points. Right now, PSG are at 71 league points. That's through 27 games. They are now um, 14 po- I think they're 14 points ahead of Monaco. If I have my math right, I think it's 71 and Monaco has 57. So if the league wasn't over before this game, the league is over now. So PSG have pretty much wrapped the league up. It would have to take, again, a monumental collapse. And even if they don't have Neymar, they'll, they'll be fine in the league. The issue obviously being, does this take away PSG's chances of winning in the Champions League? And I don't necessarily think so, because it also puts PSG in that interesting sort of nobody believes in us um, category. And I kind of think it'll be interesting if they go into this game without Neymar, do they, it, it does that happen? Like, you know, not to, they're not the same thing, obviously, but when the Philadelphia Eagles lost Carson Wentz, Nick Foles comes in and they still win the Super Bowl. So you can't, another old saying, that's why they play the games. You can't, count them out until the game is over. So what we are going to do, we are 25 minutes into this. I think this has gone fairly well. I'd love to hear your opinions. In the future, we are going to have, um, I'm going to be able to make sure that I can see the comments coming up, if there are any, so that I will be able to interact and this will be a little more live. But for a trial run, I thought it wasn't bad. I want to thank Eddie for being on, but he's going to stay on because what we're going to do is we are going to record more after this show ends. After I log off of Periscope, I will talk with Eddie for another 10 minutes or so. We'll we'll talk about some more topics, and you will be able to listen to this show in its entirety, including the PSG Talk Live portion and our after show, quote unquote, later tonight when it's recorded and put up on our podcast feed. So, Eddie, before I log off the first ever PSG Talk Live, what would you like to say to the people? Uh, I, I guess uh, I, we're going to try to console everyone. I know a lot of people are up in arms with Neymar injury and some of, some of them are blowing the towel, so we're going to just do our best to, uh, you know, lift people's spirits up uh, as best we can. Yeah, I'm not a throw-in-the-towel person. I am an eternal optimist, and I am a annoying eternal optimist. So they're going to be... I'm going to bang the drum for PSG for the next 10 days. I think we'll be okay. We may not win, but we'll be okay. A lot more good things ahead. So I'm going to log off, and you can catch the rest of this show later on our podcast feed for PSG Talk. This has been Eduardo Razo and Mark Damon. Au revoir for now. All right, so we're off the, we are off the uh, PSG Talk live, and we are now on the after show. Eddie, um, anybody else stand out for you in this game? Oh, I've been meaning to touch on last Yara. I, he, 
Apparently not. To me, he played a, a really sound uh, game for his uh, defensive middle. I guess he was, he was a six today. Yeah. Yeah. He played a pretty sound game for me, in my opinion. He, he not really... He was more vocal, like the little shots that I could see up close. He was he was barking out orders, so it was good to to see that, you know, I guess a month in into the signing that he's uh, getting more comfortable playing with the club, and and you know who knows maybe he can take over that uh, sixth position, you know, for the meantime. Yeah, and I I felt like he looked comfortable. He looked like he could. Um, he looked like he could lead the team and get them into a good shape. You know what I mean? Like I think he could get them into yeah. a I think he could get them into a half decent shape. So I'm looking forward to seeing exactly, you know, what the lineup is, especially if Neymar's not gonna play. I'm interested to see um I'm interested to see what happens. Um do you think that um, – well, actually, let's go to LaCelso because I thought he was probably our weak link in this game, and I think he's been the weak link for them in some of these major games. Uh-huh. And a lot of him playing is um, has to do with necessity, but um, you know, a lot of it has to do with necessity, but – um, sorry, I'm just trying to look at Twitter here for a second, just to kind of see how everything went. But I think he's getting experience, but is it at the expense of a team that should be maybe a little bit better in their midfield? Yeah, I, I mean, like you said, he didn't have like a really bad game, but like mm. out of everyone, he was obviously uh, one of the few that I guess you can consider a bad game. Um, but I, yeah, I think they're for a young guy. He's being exposed to a lot of big games that normally. Game and, and this- I think they would in, they would transit. They would probably loan him out, get him, you know, re- let him rack up some big time minutes. Maybe play like in Spain and and get get used to playing in big games because right now they're just throwing him to the fire. It's like uh, so, and, and he's pretty much learning on the job. Yeah, uh, but it's it's coming at an expense. He's at the point right now, and this is sort of the difference between playing in Europe and playing at Rosario Central. He's not ready for these physical, high pressure, intense games, and you can tell that he's a he's a little nervous. He's a little not sure of himself. If he's not in space, he tends to be a little bit uh, nervy on the ball. He's not making crisp passes either. But you, it almost it it, you, it makes you think. Well, maybe he should play some of these games so that eventually he'll be able to play in them. Like you can't not play in big games and then expect to develop as a player. It's part of the it's part of the development that he's going to have to have. Like, he's going to have to play in these types of games. He's going to have to suck in them, too. Like, you can't just expect him to be great all the, right away. Yeah. 
you can tell, like, at this point in his career, he's really good against, like, lower-level Liga competition. But when he's playing against a Lyon or a Marseille or a Real Madrid, he's just not at that level yet, physically or mentally. But he's going to have to play in these games so that he can get in that, uh, he can get to that. And you look at a player like Christopher Nkunku, who's really never or very rarely been put in those situations. Like, I don't see his path forward. But I see Lichel- I see with Lachelso a path forward here. But now you think to yourself, let's say Verratti gets hurt or is still hurt by Real Madrid. Let's say worst case scenario. Would you put Pastore there over Lachelso? Or put Draxler there over Lachelso? No, I I would go with I I would go with the young guy. I, I would uh, I mean Pastore I, I would have to think about it but for the most part I'd go with Lochelso. he's uh, I mean he's like any young player he's obviously gonna there's gonna be moments where you see his potential and then there's gonna be obviously moments where he he will make a, the young player's mistake and that's something if he's gonna be playing in these big games that we're just gonna have to to I guess endure until it's until he's used to, to playing against a Leon, against a Marseille, and against a Madrid on a consistent basis. Yeah, and that's what's gonna, and that's what it is, um, and that's what it's gonna have to be. I mean, if you're gonna, if you want the guy to, de- it's a double-edged sword. If you want the guy to develop, he's gonna have to play in these games. Now, what about Thiago Silva? I thought. He was okay. I mean, he didn't have to do all that much, but I thought he was okay. I thought he looked like he was interested. It looked like he was given the effort. I didn't see a player who was pouting at all. Yeah, yeah, no, he looked, uh, he looked, he was okay. I, I'm not gonna say he played a bad game, but he was okay. He was, uh, I know he saved the, I guess it would be the, uh, Late in the game, where he uh, helped uh, Al Gallagher to save the to keep a, to keep his clean sheet. Uh, I'm forgetting the Marseille player that that, that beat Ariola, but you know Silva came in to block his shot. I think it wasn't it. It wasn't Tovan, was it? Uh, no, no. I think uh, it was. Uh, I don't know who it was at the top of my head, but I know that yeah. late in the game. Uh, yeah, it was like he, right he, after the. It was like right after the injury. Yeah, yeah. So you know, he he he, he had a little. He didn't look pouting. I mean, he looked like he was in, intrigued, engaged. I like a better word, engaged into the game. Yeah, he, he he looked re- yeah. he looked ready to. He looked like a guy that is kind of accepting his um, he accepting his fate in life, and I think that's the best way to put it because. If you're Thiago Silva, you have to know that you're probably not getting moved in any way because, quite frankly, who's going to pay a 33-year-old center back the type of money that PSG is paying Thiago Silva? It's just not going to happen. So you get into that situation where you're 33 years old, you're probably not going anywhere, but eventually, unless PSG go to a back three of some kind... Kimpembe is going to be the starter. 
I mean, talent's going to win out here. And Silva is going to go into that Tiago Mata Maxwell role. And the question is, can Tiago Silva handle that? Can he be as gracious as Maxwell was towards the end of his career and sort of ease into a role with the club or something like that, or go play in Brazil for a year or two after. But I think he has to come to grips with that. And I think he might be. Yeah, that was an I didn't want to rudely interrupt you, but that's the toughest thing for an athlete to take, like that moment where you know you're probably, you're pretty much at the end of the, at the end of your shelf life as a as a elite athlete. Uh, you know, he, he still obviously has playing years, and maybe you know another five. You know, depending where he goes, but this is pretty much the end of the line for you know uh, for his elite status as a, a center back. So it's like you said, it's going to be up to him if he takes it graciously, like Maxwell did. And uh, Mata has, um, but so far from what I saw today, you know, he he looks like he's engaged. He's not pouty. He's not trying to make a scene or or cause any unnecessary drama in, in the clubhouse. But in, we'll see, you know, for the remainder of the season how it goes. But like I said, that's one of the toughest things an athlete has to come to terms with uh, at that end of that end of the line. Yeah, and his his I I think his demeanor is one of a guy who will be able to do that. I don't think he's a type of guy who's going to make the hugest stink about this. And that's why I think the stuff about uh the Brazilians in the locker room complaining about Thiago Silva not starting, I think there's some truth to that. But I think they all know that the person who gives them probably the better chance to win in the long term is going to be Kempembe. And I think that's what it will, you know, that's the decision that will ultimately be made. And probably not by um, Unai Amri. Now, before we go, I just wanted to bring up one thing that I was hearing on the BN Sports broadcast. And I'm generally a fan of Ray Hudson. I, I, I don't like blaming a coach for not taking a player out and then that player getting injured. I'm not a fan of that because you're you're assuming too many things. You're going, well, if he took him out, he wouldn't get hurt. Yeah, but how do, are you supposed to assume that he's going to get hurt? It leads you down this sort of slippery slope of logic. Again, we can blame memory for a lot of things. I think it's a stretch to go. Neymar should have been taken out of the game. He looked like he was fine. It just seemed like a fluke deal. Do you blame Unai Emery in any way for keeping Neymar in the game? Uh, I, I'm partially going to disagree with you. because uh, Olympic Marseille was, was, they were, they were gunning for players. I think once there was, once it was two nothing, they were, they were, crossing the line so a part of me was like at some point if, if they can get put them put them to rest you know put the game away quickly maybe just take out Neymar and not risk anything but I'm not going to blame when I am uh, for a rolled ankle that's that that's just fluke that's a that's a fluky injury it's not like a Marseille player took 
took liberties on Neymar, um, the way they were starting to do, or pretty much did for most of the game, there were there were moments where they were taking their over the over the line shots. Um, but I'm not I'm not blaming Emery for a fluky injury. Yeah, and I and I get your point. I completely get your point that once it's clear that Marseille are starting to take shots, you um you think about taking him out of the game. But again, on the other hand, Neymar's been you know Neymar's decently durable for a guy that gets hit a lot. Yeah, it, I don't think it was in his mind. Like I don't think a coach. I think players think like that. I think now. I'm sorry. I think fans think that way. I don't think pl- coaches necessarily think that way. The coach is there to win the game. The yeah. coach isn't there to make sure that you know. The coach's number one job is to not make sure that the best player stays healthy. Their job is to, you know that. Their job is to um, their job is to win the game. Their job is not to make sure that the player stays healthy. So, yeah. you know, a sour note on a relatively good game. We'll see what the injury report looks like. I'm not giving up hope yet. I think either he's going to play or PSG will figure out how to um, how to get it done. I, I'm going to keep that faith as. Stupid as it might be to keep that faith. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I, I, yeah. I was, I, we've seen mag- like I, I guess to quote Guillaume, we've seen magical moments at the park, whether it be the four nothing Barca game, the three nothing Bayern game. So I always, I was going with my heart. I thought there, there was still a chance, you know, with, with Neymar out, and I, and now that he's not in the game or he could miss again, I still have. Well, I mean, it obviously goes down, yeah. but we've seen. Uh, a Neymar-less PSG beat Barca 4-0 at the park last yeah. year. So it's yeah. not like all hope is lost. Yeah, and at this point, what what else are you going to do? Are you going to sit, you know, are you going to sit in your, um, are you going to sit in, in your house and mope? Are you going to just say, oh, all is lost, it's all horrible, we never have any luck, blah, blah, blah. There's no fun in that. You know, could, think of ways that PSG can win, convince yourself Go into the game, you have absolutely nothing to lose now if he's out. I mean, like, literally nothing to lose. It also looks like Marcelo might be out for Real Madrid, so the two best players on each team look to be out of the tie. So, let's see what happens. Um, Eddie, yeah. Before we go, I was going to add one more thing to that before we go. Um, Bobby, I mean, last year he pretty much... uh, took over the game against uh, Man City when he was with Monaco. So uh, I I honestly think that he's he's due a breakout performance or you know, or a performance where it's his match. Yeah. Uh, with PSG. So I mean he, he, for a young guy he, he's already shown that he can take over a, a match by himself. Yes, yeah, it's, t- it's totally doable. Sorry, I, just, I didn't know I had to mute up. Um yeah, absolutely doable. Mbappe's more than capable. So we'll see what happens. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for helping me with the first ever um, PSG Talk Live. Um, and we'll give this to the people that um, that are that have downloaded the podcast. This was sort of a 
fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pants thing. Like, I just kind of thought of this on Thursday, and I thought, let's try it. Let's see what happens. And for those of you that have joined us both on the, uh, both on Twitter at the uh, PSG Talk Live and have now downloaded this show, thank you. I appreciate that. And Eddie appreciates that as well. Again, thank you for yeah. coming on, Ed. Um, yeah, no problem. Like you said, before we go, uh, again, uh, like you said, it's been a long time coming. I mean, you see a lot of uh, uh, Premier League, uh, I guess, not uh, blogs, uh, having their own live reaction shows. Like you said, Arsenal Fan TV has theirs. Manchester yeah. uh, United has theirs. And, it, you know, it's about time that uh, we put something live uh, yeah. for PSG. All right, so just a just a Unai Emery's um, phrasing. I hope it's a small wound for Neymar. I'm optimistic. Again, it's coach speak. You really can't take anything out of that. But I don't think they think it's this horrible, you know, career injury deal. It's a rolled ankle. Will he be ready? We don't know. So for Eduardo Razo, this has been um, Mark Damon. Au revoir for now. <laughs>